0: listening to the Northside Christian Church sermon podcast. These teachings are recorded at our weekly Sunday morning gatherings in Springfield, Missouri. For more about our church, service times, and how to connect, visit northsidechristianchurch.net. Well, Northside today, I just want to begin by taking a look back at last week to celebrate a couple things, because last Sunday we talked about this parable that Jesus told from Luke 16. And it was probably one of the more perplexing parables he's ever told. Where He he basically said in the end, I wish my people, I wish people who followed me were as shrewd in using their creativity and their energy and their time and their talent and their treasures and their testimony for helping people have an eternal future as the world is in making money for itself for its temporary future for its immediate future. I I wish my people would put the level of effort and energy and creativity using their time, talent, treasure, testimony to leverage things for kingdom purposes that the people in this world do for things that don't last. And one of the things last week I mentioned was this. I was aware of a work that was going on right now in some of the least reached places in our world. It was using digital media and that presence throughout our world to help people know Jesus, know the gospel, in places where they wouldn't know otherwise. And that I knew that they needed photography and they needed videography and they needed, you know, media and they needed, uh, you know, web design and web maintenance and and they needed uh, audio, you know, editing for testimonies that could be shared. And, And I just said, you know, maybe... The Spirit is leading you to use your time, talent, treasure testimony to do this, and it was so exciting for me on Monday to come into my office and I had like seven emails from people in our church that, and and was, what was exciting for me was to read those emails and say I would like to know more information about how I can use what I have to offer for this, and every one of them was almost something a little different. And this was photography, this was videography, this was graphics, this was prayer, this was, and to be able to see that, see how God was putting that to, together, and I just wanted to look back and pause for a moment and celebrate seven people who responded to make a team to help make that happen. Can we just do that right now? Just thank God. I just praise God for moving in them to be a part of disciple making in some unique and exciting ways. And I don't know, maybe you're here today and you're listening and maybe you're here last week and I could ask you the same question. Like, did you use your time, your talent, your treasure, your testimony to make an eternal impact in someone's life? Did you leverage it for the kingdom? And if you did, we it. If you didn't, God is giving you an opportunity today, right here today, to do this. And the reason this is so important, and we celebrate when people take steps to leverage these things for kingdom purposes, is because that is the heart of Jesus. I mean, if, when you look at Jesus... If you follow the the footsteps of Jesus, the footsteps of Jesus always lead to the lost, the broken, and the cross. They always lead to the lost, the broken, and the cross. And you know that because he came from heaven to earth. That's where the footsteps of Jesus took him so he could reach the lost. You know that because when Jesus shares about the heart of the Father, he shares about a heart that's for lost people. When you read or listen to the stories that Jesus tells, they are stories about his heart for lost people. Like in Luke 15, where Jesus tells three stories, three stories, three stories that reveal that his heart is to reach the lost. Like that it's each and every person that Jesus wants to reach. Like the story of a shepherd with a hundred sheep and he loses one and he goes to great lengths to find the one. Or the woman with 10 coins who loses one and she turns her house upside down until she finds the one. It's the story of of a father with two sons and he loses one. Come to the end of the story, realize he really lost two, but he goes to great lengths to run and to open his arms and with compassion to receive him back into the family. This is the heart of Jesus. He is filled with compassion for each and every single one. His heart is for the one and in Luke chapter 15, verse one, we'll just look at the very first story. It begins like this. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. There was something about how Jesus was full of grace and truth that he didn't just go himself among the sinners, but they would gather around him and listen to him. There was something about him that, that drew and, and attracted people to him in that way. And because he welcomed them. In fact, in verse two, it says this, but the Pharisees and teachers of the law, they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Jesus is being criticized because he's welcoming sinners. He's eating with sinners. And I know you're probably just thinking, weren't the religious leaders sinners too? Like what's, yes, they were. But when they said sinners, when they used that word, they were talking about like uh, a profession of sinning, you know, like prostitutes tax collectors, those who would work for the Roman government and they would take advantage of people and leverage their time to take people's money for Rome and for themselves. And there was greed and there was coercion and there was lying and, you know, sins that were public sins. When when someone sinned publicly and they wouldn't let them get out from under that, that became their identity and they, they just allowed that shame to just hover over them. They wouldn't let it go. And so, for these religious leaders, these Pharisees, these rabbis, they wouldn't have let these sinners have an audience with them, and they certainly wouldn't eat with them, not at their own table. That would be too close. That's too up close and personal. I guess it never occurred to them that if Jesus never ate with sinners, he would have eaten all his meals alone. Isaiah 53, 6 says, We all like sheep. We all like sheep have gone. What's the word? We all like sheep have gone. Stray, Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, on the Messiah, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. That's what sheep do. They're prone to go astray, especially if they don't have a shepherd. That's what they do. In fact, I heard this true story. It was several months ago. I heard this told on January 13th, 2015, in, in Gavas, Turkey, 26 families had put their sheep together to form this herd. They were grazing and the shepherds were watching over them and the shepherds went to eat some breakfast. And so they were grazing. Shepherds go in, they're eating breakfast. They can see up where the sheep all are. And to their horror, one of the sheep just nibbles his way right off the cliff. The other sheep begin to follow the first sheep. Pretty soon, sheep are going off the cliff. They're running out from breakfast. Fifteen, All 1,500 sheep, fall off this cliff, only 450 died. The reason only 450 died is because when the 450 died, it kind of formed a nice pillow. (laughs) All that wool for the rest as they fell. And so the other ones survived, fortunately, but at great cost, actually, to their community and and to these shepherds and to those families. It, It was horrific. And these sheep, they just grazed their way into lostness, and oftentimes that happens with us. We 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 just graze our way. I mean, we're like sheep in this way. We graze our way into lostness. We wander off until we're lost. I mean, that's. I think that is exactly what the hymn writer said. We're, we're prone to wander, Lord. I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We're, we're prone to wander. Whether you are, have never known Jesus because you've fallen away from Him and you're lost and you're dead in your sins and you've never been in a relationship with Christ where He saved you from your sins, whether you are lost in that way or whether you found Jesus, you were in community, but then you, for whatever reason, you wandered away, you nibbled yourself with other interests right out of the community until you're dangerously floundering on your own. God cares about you. He deeply longs for you. He's pursuing you. I think the question is, are we concerned about that? Are we concerned about the ones that wander, the ones that get lost? Because Jesus is, and here's how he he reveals that he is. He goes on with this story in in verses 3 through 4. It says, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a 100 sheep, loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after that lost sheep until he finds it? Doesn't he leave because Jesus would? That's what Jesus would do. I'm sure there was some Pharisee listening to the story. He's like, man, if you got a hundred, I mean, most people around here only had 30, maybe 40. You got a hundred and you lose one. I mean, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? I mean, we can replace that one. Is it that big of a deal? Yes, to God it is. Jesus loves and cares about the one, each and every single one. He's coming after you. He's pursuing you. In fact, verse four says, Jesus goes after the lost one until he finds it. The shepherd goes after the sheep until he finds it. There's great effort. Goes to great lengths. Puts much energy into reaching those far from him. What about you? Are you persistently looking and praying for people who need to be restored in their relationship with Jesus? People who are far away, people who have wandered away. Or are you just comfortable with those who are here? Maybe we're just okay with the ones that are here. and We feel comfortable about that. But God's not comfortable about that. He says it's too small a thing, even for the tribes of Jacob, to, to, to experience the light. No. God's hearts, the people of every tongue, tribe, and nation, be gathered around His throne. He is not satisfied. Each and every single one matters. It is and is important to Jesus. The question is, what are you willing to do for one person? To what lengths would you go for one person? Jesus went to great lengths for one. I, I mean, I know we see seen with the crowds and people pressing in around him, and he fed the 4,000, he fed the 5,000. we see seen with many people. But when you look at the ministry of Jesus, here's what you see. You see Jesus looking at the many of the crowds, and he had compassion on them. Why did he have compassion? Because his heart went out to them because he knew their story, he knew their need. And Jesus was always going after the one. He would zoom in to the one. He looked for the one that needed reached, the one that needed love the very people that the religious community would crop out, Jesus zoomed in and he saw that person and he loved that person. He would leave the 99 in the crowd so he could get to the one. And the text says in verse 5 that when he finds it, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home and then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is just one of three parables, stories that Jesus tells. They all have this same rhythm to them. And it goes like this. Jesus sees. He sees the one. Jesus saves the one. And then Jesus celebrates. He celebrates when they're found. He sees. He saves. He celebrates. We need to see what Jesus sees. And Jesus saves. Look, I know when we hear the the, the, the story of the lost sheep, we, I know who we'd like to be in the story. We like to be the shepherd on the rescue mission, right? We like to be the one going to pick like we want to be the ones that save. Jesus is the one that saves. We're just following in his footsteps to get to the lost, to share the gospel, to make disciples, to form churches and raise up leaders. Why? Because these people matter to God, and so we want to do everything we can so that they can know Jesus, so Jesus can do the saving. And when Jesus saves and people respond, we celebrate with open arms those who have wandered away and they're coming back. Those who are far from God coming of I mean, it is with open arms that we receive them with grace and forgiveness and love and compassion and we celebrate it and we're grateful for it. And here's the question. Do you think Jesus is still doing this? Is Jesus still finding the one, saving the one? Is is Jesus still bringing the one into the fold, into the family? Do you think Jesus still does this? I mean, if he doesn't, we don't have anything to do. But if he does, maybe we should get involved. I I, want to tell you a story. I heard it several months ago. And this story just completely blew my mind. But it's, it's the kind of stories you hear when people go into lostness. When they go into places where Jesus is not known. And I heard this from some of our workers you're going to hear from a little bit later. And, and um, they told the story about, about this lady that was doing some trainings in Egypt. And this lady and her husband, they've trained about 2,300 people in disciple-making movement stuff. And, and their trainings are very practical because the people they're training oftentimes haven't had experience of, of sharing the gospel with Muslims or giving a Bible to Muslims. And, and so it's, it's a very practical training. And, and so she'll take them out and let them start doing it themselves and, and practicing. And she was meeting... ...there with a, a woman uh, in Lebanon who was Lebanese, and she was doing some trainings right there with her. And she said, we're going to go, and, and we're going to go into the harvest, and we're going to let you share the gospel. They went into a Syrian refugee camp. That's where they went. Syrian refugee camp right there in Lebanon. And as they went into that Syrian refugee camp, as they were walking along the way, she had told her, I, I want you, we're going to see who God leads us to, and when we get there, I want you to share a story from Scripture about Jesus... Whatever he leads you to share. And share it. You know, bring it to life for someone and share it with them. They're walking along. They see a woman in a wheelchair outside of her tent. They go up to her. And, of course, Syrians are very hospitable. And she immediately is inviting them into her tent where she her girls are in this tent, two of her girls with her. And she invites them into her tent. And this lady that's being trained begins to share the story that she felt God was laying on her heart to share. It was the story of the lost sheep. She talks about the sheep. There were a hundred. One wandered off, and, and as it wandered off, it went up into the mountains, mountainous area here, and it injured its leg, and it became crippled, and, and then it, it couldn't make its way back, and it was injured there. And And talked about how the shepherd left the the 99 to go find the one. And when he finally got to this sheep that was dirty and and, and cold and and hurt and struggling, he he picked that sheep up and put the sheep on his shoulders. And the shepherd took that sheep back home, safe to where it needed to be. And she said, do you you know what the name of the shepherd was? And the the woman said, no. She said, the name of the shepherd is Isa el-Mashiach. The Arabic way of saying Jesus the Messiah. The refugee immediately said in that moment, she goes, that's our story. This is our story. And thinking that she was mistaken, she didn't understand correctly what she was trying to say. She's like, well, this is a story that I'm telling about. She's like, "No, no, 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 this is our story. Do you want to hear my story? And the woman who shared about the shepherd and the sheep said, yes, I want to hear your story. She said, my four children and I were in my home when a rocket hit our home and it exploded and our home was destroyed and she and her family and her children were were sent scattering. She said her two boys, she didn't know where they went. She couldn't find them in the chaos and the rubble and the debris and everything else. She didn't know if they were killed, if they were wounded, if, if they had run off, if they'd been kidnapped because of what was happening in that moment. And they were fleeing and running and she was with her daughters. And trying to get out of there, but she had been hit with shrapnel, so she was injured, and she was having a difficult time being able to move, and, and but she, they finally got out of there, and they got to, to this guy that they were talking to, and this guy had a way of getting people across the border illegally, and so that they could find safety, and so she finds herself there with her daughters, and she's engaging with them, and he's like, you don't have the money it's going to take to get across the border. She was wearing her inheritance gold, and she took it off and said, is this enough? And He says, "Well, the gold's enough, but that injury you have to your leg, you're going to slow the group down. We have to do it under the cover of darkness. It's going to take six hours to get to the border, to where we need to get across that border, to get to where we need to go. If we're discovered, I mean, the whole group is going to get caught. We can't take that risk." He wasn't going to do it, but she had taken a stick and she was showing that she could walk. She could make the journey. That she and her daughters, they would do it. They were desperate enough reluctantly he agrees and they set out to make this journey but as they're going the more they're going the more she's struggling and she and her daughter were just falling falling behind behind and he got angry and frustrated he says you're gonna get us caught and uh we, we're not going to make it in time we can't do it he broke her stick to leave her there and say you can't go with us and they were tr- going to trudge on and go and right at that moment a man walks up to her and he says it's okay." I'm I'm gonna help. And he was dressed finely, like not like the refugees dressed, like this and the guy was like, Where did he come from? They didn't even know who he was. And he says, I will help you. And he picked her up and he put her on his shoulder and he began to walk. And they not only caught up with the group, they were now towards the front of the group. And they were going to that border. They, they made it. They made it to the border under the cover of darkness. They get to where they're needing to go. He's setting her down. She's like, look, she's telling the story. Say, look at me. I'm not light. Like she I wasn't super skinny and he was carrying me with a strength. I couldn't imagine. And, and they get there and he her down. She's thanking him profusely. Is there something we can do? She's like, tell me, you know, I, I, where do you live? How can we follow up with you? Maybe, maybe I, we can repay your kindness and give something to you. He says, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to. He says, please tell us where you live and and we we want to know you. So we thank you for what we've done. He says, no, you don't need to do that. My followers will find you in two weeks, two weeks from now, and they will explain everything to you. And she said, you don't understand. We don't know where we're going. Like, I don't even know where we're going to end up. They won't be able to find us. And he said, they will. And she's telling this story. And she says, do you know what today is? This is the 14th day. Since he told me that, this is two weeks later. And when she asked the man what his name was, he had told her Isa. That's all she knew Isa, which was a common name there in the Middle East. But it wasn't until these two came and told her the rest of the story. This is Jesus the Messiah. She came to believe, she was baptized. One of her sons was found. He came to join her. He too was baptized. And now they are starting to disciple people in a Syrian refugee camp in that area of our world. Does Jesus still seek out the one? Does Jesus still come for lost people today? Is Jesus still doing it? Yes, he is one at a time. And we're in a situation today where there are so many lost people I know the story that we read in Luke 15, it was 99 to 1. One lost for the 99 that were found in many parts of our world. Not only is that flipped, but it's even worse than that. The reality is the current number of people outside of Christ is staggering. In 2015, Roy Moran said, we're not gaining ground equivalent to the population growth. That may be changing now, but you know, if, if there's 2.3 billion that claim in the name of Christ, there's 4.7 billion that do not. And each and every single one of them mattered greatly to Jesus. There's lost sheep all around us. We don't have to look that hard. And if Jesus is the good shepherd going after the one, how much more should we? How much more should we with all the opportunity that's in front of us? We have it every day. And the first thing we need to do to align our hearts with God's heart, to see things the way Jesus sees them, to grow our passion for people who do not have the gospel, who are going to an eternity apart from Christ. What are we going to do about that? We need to start by praying and we need to pray like never before. We need to grow our prayers. And today, that's what we're doing as a church. Last Sunday, I told all of you, if you were here or streaming, that you should download the prayer global app on your phone. And so if you did, did that, go ahead and get out your phones right now, get out your devices right now. We're going to enter into a time of prayer here in this room and those who are streaming right now that we have never done before. Our vision right now is we're going to pray for the 4,770 states that make up the world. It's been broken down, these 195 countries into 4,770 states. And we're going to pray for every one of them today. Today we're already over halfway there just by what happened earlier this morning in our nine o'clock service We're over halfway there. Praise god. We're going to pray for every state And prayer.global is going to guide our prayers. I'm gonna tell you how to get there in a minute But here's what's going to happen. We're going to pray what jesus prayed in john 17:20 for those who have yet to believe We're going to pray for people. We didn't even know existed and we're going to pray for places We didn't even know existed on this planet And we're just going to pray that together. We want you to pray, every one of you, to pray for one state at a time until we make one lap around the world in one day. And we're going to do this together today using this tool called Prayer Global. Now, everybody's got your phones out, a tablet out, a device out. Let me say this. Uh, If you happen to be connected to our Wi-Fi and you start to get a little bit of a a few people on 9 o'clock started to get one of those buffering things. Just get off Wi-Fi. Uh, just turn it off and just use your your phone to do this uh, if, if that happens. Because got, we got people doing it all over the building and streaming with us. So um, if that happens, just do that. But here's what we want you to do. Uh, get out your phone right now. And if you have the app, just open up the app. And what you see on your app, when you open it up, is probably going to look like what's going to be on my side screens here in a minute. But uh, you'll see that because I'm going to share my screen with you. Behind me, what you see right now is if you haven't already done this, take the card in the seat pocket in front of you or on the screen here, and this little QR code, just take your camera and just get it close enough to that that it'll it'll pop up a little, um, I don't know, it's a pop-up. It's like some words right there. Click on it. You'll click on it. And uh, it'll take you right where you need to go. If you do it that way, it's going to use your browser and just take you directly to the to the website that we're using. If you have the app, um, or if you just actually type in prayer.global, um, I'm going to show you what to do. And then we got some people in this room that are, gonna, that are willing to help you if you need some help. Those of you that that were talking... We talked about this week. If you just kind of stand on the sides of the room and maybe a few down front, uh, just so that if anyone in this room right now, you're like, man, I don't even know where to begin. These people that are getting up out of their seats uh, and coming up here, kind of the side of the room and the front of the room, they're willing to help you. And uh, some of them may know Android better than iOS or something. So, uh, but they're, they're willing to help if you need some help. If you want a tablet and don't have one, there's, there's some on the front seat here that Jessica has laid out for us. And so she can help you get on yourself with a tablet. Uh, if you'd like to do that. So that would require you just getting out of your seat, coming to someone and getting some help. But here's what we want you to do right now. Uh, I want you to to open up the Prayer Global app, or if you're on the website, uh, you're going to see what's on my screen over here. Um, If you use the QR code on this thing in front of you, you're not seeing this. You're you're already where we're going to go. If you see what I'm seeing right now, if this is what you see, go to those three menu lines in the top right corner. Click on them. You get a drop down. Go down to groups. Go down to groups there down towards the bottom. Click on groups. When you click on groups, one of them is Northside and friends, lap one. And you can see 2,503 prayers were covered. We have 2,267 remaining that we're going to seek to knock out right now. If that happens, because we're going to pray for here in a minute for 10 solid minutes. If that happens, uh, you see Northside and Friends lap two. You can kind of go back in the program and get to Northside and Friends lap two and, and just start there. It looks like some people already have because they're overachievers. And so you can do that. I'm going to click on Northside and Friends lap one. And as I click on this, Uh, I'm going to show you, I'm going to model for you what you're going to see and how you can pray. This is set up where you pray at least a minute, at least a minute for every state. Uh, You can go longer than that. We're going to, we're asking for you to pray for seven states in around 10 minutes of time. So I'm clicking on Northside and Friends, lap one, and it says, keep, keep praying right here. I'm starting to pray. And, And so what I'm seeing is I'm praying for Anaba, Algeria, Anaba, Algeria. And I can see that red person tells me there's 609,000 that do not know Jesus. There's 50 people that would be considered kind of nominal Christians. And then there's 416 that are actually believers that are trying to make disciples in this place. And so I would just start praying. and I'd be saying, God, I'm, I'm praying right now for the state of Anaba, Algeria. God, I'm praying for local leadership there. There are believers there, few in number, but Spirit, build the strength and the maturity of these local leaders in Anaba, Algeria. Show them that faithfulness is more important than knowledge. Show them that the Spirit, the Word, and prayer is enough in order to grow and to lead. We pray that you would use them to show the gospel here's a picture of this place and we can pray what we see in this picture and lord as i pray through this picture first of all i see that there is there is water here for living water to flow to flourish there are seeds of gospel that can be planted because there is greenery and new life sprouting and there are these buildings these apartments buildings from apartment to apartment from house to house from location to location we want to pray for a multiplying movement of your spirit So, Spirit, give the believers of the state of Anaba unity and humility as they work to bring the kingdom to new places and to new people. Lord, they're they're outnumbered. These believers are outnumbered. That's why through the power of your Spirit, I pray that there would be a multiplication of faith among this place. A movement would be born. Lord, defend the 416 believers in Anaba against an unwillingness to suffer. Give them courage to face social rejection so that the gospel can spread. And for the least reached, the Arab, the Iraqi spirit, I pray that the Arab Iraqi people will come and worship before you, Lord. May they glorify your name for you are great. And then I hit next. Great job, prayer. You do a little jig in your seat or wherever you are. State of Saratov, Russia. Here we go. We're going to pray for that. Okay, that's what we're doing. We're just praying for these places around the world, one state after another, to see if we can get this thing done. And uh, my understanding is we would we will likely be the first church to pray in one day for every state in the world. The way this has been set up for us, you may be a part of that for the first time in this world. And so that's what we're going to do right now. What I'm going to ask is, uh, in a second, we're going to take at least ten minutes to pray. And uh, I, I just want to encourage you to do a couple things right now. Uh, if you feel lost right now, go to someone on the sides. If you don't have a device at all, you can follow along with me. I'm going to pray what's on the screen with my device. But I'm only counted as one. So if you do it with me, we're counted as one. So I, we need all of us doing it on our own devices. Let me say this. If you want to kneel. As you pray, you can kneel. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to walk the room, you can walk the room. You want to come in, in the aisles, come down front. You go wherever you want to. You can stand up. But here's something I want us all to do I want us all to pray out loud. This does not need to be a room that's just in silence. We're just going to start praying. And as we pray, this is God. He hears every single one of these prayers. But we're going to let the prayers fill the room. Let the prayers fill the room. Let's let any noise, let it be the noise of prayer that's filling this place to God. I just want to invite you to do that, to pray out loud. And we're going to pray for 195 countries divided up into 4,770 states. I think I've explained everything we're about to do. You should be here at this site ready to go. And so Northside, are you ready? Are we ready? Ready to do this? And so we're going to start praying out loud together. So church, here we go. Ready, set. Pray. to our final minute of prayer. And so let's get you to pray to close out this minute with one more state and lift these prayers to God. Keep praying out loud to Him now. Let's do it now. Our last prayers. Father, we continue to pray in the spirit, because Jesus, we want our hearts to align with your heart. Lord, we want to be passionate about the things that you're passionate about. We want to see people the way you see them. Lord, we want to enter into places where the gospel is not known. We're praying that workers would go into the harvest. We're praying for believers to be raised up who would be bold in their faith. Lord, we're praying that we would continue to pray. God, so that we can see a movement sweep across this world so that people of every tongue, tribe, and nation are gathered around your throne. This is your heart. It's your desire. It's where we want to be. It's where we're going to be one day. But Lord, you have given us the task to help make that a reality that we are partnering with you in this. And Jesus, we cannot do this without your spirit, without your power, without abiding and living in you, without seeing you do what is impossible beyond our imaginations. God, we need you. And that's why we pray. And we want to continue to pray. And Lord, I thank you for every prayer that's been offered already today as we set out this goal to pray for every state in this world. And God, we pray you move in a powerful and significant way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. I want to thank you for praying. You know, as I pull up the map here in front of us from Northside Lap 1 on my computer, it shows that there's only 1,514 places remaining, which means that could happen today. Uh, Yeah, we took some time in our service, but this isn't done. We got, the day is still young, right? And so you can continue to pray today to help achieve that goal. Every place covered today. I imagine some of our students are going to be praying today. We'll be helping us to reach that goal here shortly. But I'm going to encourage you to do this. And and as you do this, here's what I want you to know. I pray this wasn't a one-time experience. I, I pray we could continue this, make it a habit in our lives. You know, if every single one of us just prayed for one minute every day, just one minute every day, one state every day, maybe before a meal, after a meal, we could cover the whole world, do a lap around the world in a week. This is a way we could begin to measure, how are we praying for the world? It's not the only way, but it's just a way to help us pray for places and people we didn't even know existed, And as we do, I know that God will not only change us, He's going to change this world and people are going to know Jesus because of it. You could even encourage others to join you. Right now, you could take this link and you could share it with someone else and say, man, you've got to do this with us. Join Northside and Friends Lap 1 and help us complete this lap around the world as we pray for everybody in this world. How can you mobilize others to join us and be a part of this? And so invite someone just to pray with you. This helps us to align our hearts to God, and I'm just excited about it. Thanks for joining us this morning, Northside. Before you go, make sure you check in and let us know you were here. Text the word CHECK to 417-233-1200. If you want to respond to today's service, you can do that online through Decision Point. If you want to know more about baptism or becoming a member, you can request more info at northsidechristianchurch.net slash decision. This is also the place to find out about our life groups, Find out what sort of service opportunities there are, or if you just need to get in touch with a minister. And if you're online, you probably use social media too. Make sure you're following along with Northside on our Facebook page, Instagram account, YouTube channel, or Twitter. We are glad that you chose to join us this morning. As we head out for the week, let's make sure we take the love of God with us. Take good care of each other, Northside.